couple of years ago, Shel Silverstein was our guest. Uh, Shel Silverstein, you might call a quadruple threat man. He's a cartoonist, a very perceptive cartoonist, writes, talks. He's observer of the scene, too, whatever the scene might be. Uh, the scene of uh, the lively arts in Chicago, in New York, uh, the serious arts, too. And Shel's written many songs that uh, folk singers are, are, are singing today in various clubs and on recordings. His own comments, uh, no doubt, about the upsurge of interest in folk singing. I'll ask about that, too. Mm -hmm. Many questions. Shel, as you're from Chicago originally, has been in various parts of the world, I know your feelings about Chicago. Even last time you touched upon it, you feel about Chicago are, are somewhat ambivalent, aren't they? Yeah, well, yeah, they are studs. You, I don't know. You, I, I love it. I really do. You know, it's my home. I come back here, and I get all excited about it. I see what people are doing, you know. And, and then what happens? <laughs> what doesn't well, happen? Well, you know what happens. Uh, Chicago doesn't make it. Chicago doesn't doesn't come through. It doesn't, uh, it quits. I mean, at least what I, the, the things that I care about quit. And uh, just doesn't have it. And I get disappointed and then I go back. I come back again, I get excited again. It doesn't make it in what way? Now perhaps we could be more specific yeah, now. Yeah, uh, uh, I don't know how to Audiences, say Audiences, let's consider uh, Talking about near the north side, now. Old Town, uh, where there are clubs opening, or, or uh, where there are concerts taking place, let's say, or yeah. where there's a young poet reading his poetry, or a, a new kind of musician, or mm -hmm. an artist, yeah. and audience, Chicago audiences, or viewers, or listeners' reaction to what is happening. Uh, well, where, where to start? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where to start. There's so much that I feel about it. You know, there's so much that that's going on or not going on. I think we talked about it maybe before that that they the people that have something to say. It seems in Chicago they they come up out of here and and they're, and they're good people. I think Chicago is the best place to be born and raised. Without that, you know, you find people, uh, the people I find in New York City, say, who have been raised with all that, uh, I mean, surrounded by the arts and surrounded by showbiz, you know. Uh, they've been influenced since their, since early childhood in their thinking. Their creative process have been influenced continually by the successful people. In other words, uh, say a playwright or a songwriter grows up and a young songwriter, from, if he starts writing songs at the age of 15, you know, he's surrounded by the tradition of Gershwin and uh, all, all the, you know, the big songwriters. A, a young playwright has been going to plays since he's been eight years old. So naturally, the play that he writes is going to uh, be much like the, or somewhat like the plays that he's seen. The great thing about uh, growing up in Chicago is the lack of culture here. Uh, precludes any preconceived ideas in a young guy. So therefore, this young artist might start uh, perhaps uh, more fresh. Sure, he'd start with his own ideas because yeah. he, ha he hasn't been subject to anybody else's ideas. And so he starts out with what he has to say. Now, once he's got something to say, well then forget about Chicago because <laughs> You know, uh, this is not the place to sell it, and this is not the place to present it. Because the market, now you're saying no market. The, the market is in New York, where no the market, actors no are, audience. where theater is, right. where the artists are, where, uh, where the, the musicians are, are, where the publishers is there, are. Is there a, a publisher here in Chicago? Is there one well, who then, publishes fiction, publishes children's books? Is there one? 
since in this whole city, since I, mean, I don't know. Since there, there are a couple of publishers of, of children, as far as fiction, a, a couple, I think. Yeah, there are publishers of textbooks here, but there are no publishers of fiction children's but books. But back to I this know. point, since the market, I think yeah, this is maybe might be worth dwelling on, Shell. Since the market is elsewhere, is east of the Hudson, and the market isn't here. The young artist talk then about the young artist here, whether he's good, bad, or indifferent. The young artist who feels he has something to say, and the Chicago audience. I want to be specific now because there was an event that both of us were witness to. <laughs> yeah. And there was a young artist, a poet at work, and there was an audience reaction that disturbed you. You were saying something yeah. about people are afraid to say well, they dislike yeah. something. Well, this was a poetry reading uh, in which, uh, well, I I'll discuss the whole thing. That which was good, I felt very strong about, uh, as did a lot of the other people, I guess. That which I thought was bad, I reacted against. I mean, I, I think I got booed a couple of times or something. It uh, wasn't taken too well by the people sitting around me. Uh, people looked around, you know, and somebody next to me said, you know, what are you doing, you know? Uh, I booed. <laughs> I wasn't booing the, the man. I wasn't booing all his work. I was booing what I objected to. And I figure I have a right to do that. But the attitude seems to be, now, uh, we were talking before, you know, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. Now, this is a lot of You pointed out earlier, I mean, you and Marty Robinson pointed out earlier, this is a, a line from Walt Disney's Bambi. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if Walt Disney originated it, but the, it's a sad case if we're living by Walt Disney philosophy in this country, or, or anyway, you know. Uh, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything. Well, that's ridiculous. You know, uh, in other words, you just go through life, you know, just smiling and grooving, you know, and it's not the way it is. Now, if you, if you can't say something nice, say what you think, as long as you honestly believe it. But the feeling is, don't put anything down in the intellectual circles. Now, the intellectuals uh, often form a snobbish and tight little group, as you can find anywhere, you know. They, uh, and and there, there's a great feeling you know, uh, don't, you know, if you say something nice or else keep your mouth shut. And people are afraid to say something stinks in art, in modern art or modern poetry or something because uh, the, the rest of their group that prides itself on its intellectuality on what little thing they've got going there, uh, will we'll put them down for it and say, uh, you know, if you don't like this, that means you don't understand it, and that's it. You can't just like it because it stinks. You gotta like it because you, you don't understand it. A painting you see, you can't say it's lousy, it, because basically there's nothing. It's not realistic anyway. So that means if you don't find any great inspiration or excitement in something, you don't understand it. You're nowhere. So this I like it because I understand it. So this leads to a sort of clearly would lead to the word is blandness. Lead to a sort of blandness, wouldn't it, in which there are no standards? Well, if we go if we go along like this. It, it's no good. It stinks when you follow any group, and I don't care what the group is. You follow, you follow the, the, what they call the great unwashed public. That's no good. But then again, you follow the, the other group that goes against them. That's no good either. I mean, a man should be his own group. And when they ask you what you are, you shouldn't say, you know, I'm a Democrat or I'm a, I'm a liberal or I'm, a, I'm an intellectual. You are you that should be a little intellectual, maybe a, whatever balance you have in you, but in other words, you shouldn't vote the party ticket anywhere. And you should always have, I think, the, the strength and the, and the freedom to object to the very 
to the person closest to you and what they're doing, to the very essence of your own so-called group. Well, and if you don't have this, you've got nothing. You're just a part of another group. Well, this, you know? this flaw, this failing that you point out, failing to object to something that you find kitsch or bad or mm -hmm. objectionable in some other mm -hmm. way, uh, you speak of Chicago. Isn't this so of New York? You've lived in New York. Isn't this yeah. so of New York? A lot of it's so, so in New York. Yeah, a lot of the same thing. I was at, I was at a show in Seconds in, uh, I think Seconds in. I was at a show at the Living Theater. They presented a, a benefit performance, which was really a lot of crap because they, I guess they had the feeling that if it's free, it wasn't really free. You paid your way in. But uh, if it, it was a Living Theater, it, if, it's, uh, if it's for charity, you can get by with anything. It's not true. It's not right. But they had this show. They had some modern dance that was really stinking. I mean, it was just bad news. Nothing was happening, in other words. Uh, modern, traditional, doesn't matter. Something's got to happen. It ha has to happen in music. It has to happen in theater. It has something has when to happen. When you say it has to happen, specifically, what do you mean? Happen to you yeah, as a member of the audience? Yeah, it has to happen to me. Or yeah. it's got to happen to the rest of the people. Yeah. You've got to see some life happening. They've got to reach you and in some way. And what you think is happening, rather non-happening, if you will, when you use the word now with a small h rather than happening, as we hear used mm -hmm. about experiments called happenings, you know, right. in art, uh, you find people then reacting artificially. That is, they are laughing or they are applauding whether they feel they are affected or not. And this is what you're objecting Well, to. yeah, they, they applaud. Now, we applaud at the yeah. end of every act in a play, you know. We applaud at the end of the play. Now, why? Are we, are we so concerned with people's feelings? I think we're getting so damn considerate <laughs> that we're forgetting the fact that, that applause is supposed to mean a certain appreciation and a certain acceptance of the work. Now forget about the people's feelings. If the guy stinks, if the girl stinks up there, she stinks. If she didn't turn you on in any way or excite you or make you live, she didn't make it for you. And she should not be applauded out of having her feelings hurt. If a singer d sings dead, if she doesn't live, if she doesn't make you live, if she doesn't bring any insight into you, if the novelist doesn't, doesn't make it for you, doesn't give you any truth, well then don't go up to him and say, you know, it's a pleasure to meet you. Why? Why is it a pleasure to meet a stinking author? It's a pleasure to meet an author who says something to you. It's not a pleasure to meet a guy who, who just has 12 books published. Because so everybody, because you've seen his review in Time Magazine or something. So, you know, let, It'd be good to forget about being being so civil, and and yell like hell for what you like, and really spit it what you don't like, or else how are your opinions going to be felt? You know how how are your needs going to be fulfilled? How or, is your kind of truth going to be presented? Or what standards do you have? That's right. I mean, having standards. And you know what do you do? Just have standards and then just uh, forget about them or talk about them at home. People are afraid to boo a play. They don't even, I think there was a time when people, maybe I was just a kid then, but people used to applaud movies. This was a good thing. You go to a movie, maybe we were just because we were kids, we'd love a movie, you'd applaud it. Now, it's true, the actors didn't get any benefit from it. They're on, they're on film, right? But, but somebody heard it and you expressed it and, and maybe just the, the theater owner would have been influenced by it. Now, you influenced that theater owner that you liked something, that something meant something to you, and he's gonna want more of that same kind of stuff. And if he wants more, they're gonna make more. And if they make more, that means more good things are gonna be out. And also, even though the actor wasn't there, it's on film, the fact that you who liked something, who were moved by it, uh, either to laughter or moved to, to deep mm -hmm. feeling, 
you applaud, you expressed your own feeling. I mean, this means something to you specifically, and it's your way of saying right. it to yourself, and getting it if out. you will. Yeah, and, uh, and, this, and this is a good thing, you know. You, you should, you should it would be good to do this. Uh, it would be good to, if you have a good, if you've read a good book, to go to the, you know, they, they always they used to say on radio, you know, if you enjoyed this program, tell your, tell your grocer so, you know. They always impressed me as a very corny idea, you know. Tell your Wheaties dealer that you enjoyed Jack Armstrong. Um, I never did, you know. I thought, you know, the last thing that our, <laughs> that the, the grocery man wanted to hear from me was that I liked Jack Armstrong. You know, he wouldn't understand what the hell I was talking about. But uh, I, I can understand more of it now that, I mean, if you read a good book, I mean, tell your book dealer that, right? Tell them how great the book was, so maybe that'll make your book dealer order five more copies of the guy's next book, and maybe sell them, huh? And that that might, if enough book dealers do that, that'll enable the guy to to write another book. But maybe we're maybe buying brands. If I may just wander for a moment, and then I want to hear some of Shelley's songs. Shelley's written a, a good number of songs there: takeoffs on folk songs, some original children's songs, and also. If we may point out, Shelley's written a good number of books. One he talked about last time, Lafcadio, The Lion Who Shot Back. Perhaps we can do excerpts from that. But before this, on the same subject, people buy a brand, like they bought Lowe and Lerner, Lerner right, and Lowe, right. and they bought Camelot. For better or for worse, right. they bought it. Mm -hmm. And yet there is something else in town I happen to like very much, and the critics, strange, strangely enough, and the critics all seem to be quite unanimous in their enthusiasm for black nativity, which I enjoyed very much. Mm -hmm. Yet because there's not a brand name, mm -hmm. it is something new, something strange, something that's just buying a name. This would apply to the arts, mm -hmm. the thing to do. Right. So something that is kitsch is being patronized, right. something that is quite good right. is not being, although well, black nativity this, is doing better. Gotta, this you've got to accept. Yeah, now, yeah. you can't expect the people to be that hip yeah. that they know that they are aware or that their friends can tell them, uh, can clue them into what is very live and what is happening. They, they go to the, to the theater reviews to find out about the plays, and if Life magazine does a big spread on a, on a musical, they're going to go see it. Uh, there is this thing. I know it's definitely here in Chicago, and it's, it's true in New York, too, but there's this big thing in Chicago about or what everybody's going to see, or what, uh, I remember, it, it's, it's true in the whole scene though. I remember when I was, when I was a young kid and I was, I was about in high school, you know, and I'd, every now and this then I'd have to Chicago. buy, yeah, here in Chicago, and I'd, I'd have to go every now and you know, about once a year, you go buy some clothes or something, you know, and I'd have to go down every couple of years and get a coat or a suit, although I didn't, you know, hardly wear a suit. Uh, I remember when I used to go down, and my mother and father would say, I'd pick out something, I'd buy, you know, buy my own stuff, and my mother and father would say, is that what they're wearing? Are you sure this is what they're wearing? You know, find out what they're wearing and get a, now what's this what they're they are wearing? wearing yeah. yeah, what's the difference what they are wearing? What do I, what I want to wear? But, but this is not the thing, it's what they're wearing. You wear, wh what? <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. Let me start over. You wear what they're wearing, yeah. uh, you eat what they're eating, and then you're pretty safe. And that's the thing, you know, be safe. Extending yeah. they then, extending they from the boy's suit, from the cereal, extending they to the field of the uh, fine and lively arts. Fine. Yeah, what they what are seeing, yeah. what painter they what, are what patronizing. They're buying, you know, see what they're buying, see yeah. what, you know, what they, they are doing. This comes back and you do what you they again, are doing, and then you're okay. And that comes back to the individual and his taste again earlier, the point you, the sure. point you and that's why Chicago, yeah. I think, you know, Chicago is a big laugh as far as the arts go. It isn't just the audience. I don't put down Chicago audience. The audience will come out for what's good. You give them something good and they'll come out. But 
the whole scene is against the artist. When you say the whole scene, what way? Do you mean the molders of opinion here? What is it? What is it that well, would make Chicago different from a, the big marketplace? In, it isn't just New the York. market either, Studs. Uh, New York, for all its commercial market and so forth, uh, there is a tradition of art there, a reasonable tradition where uh, you say you're an actor in New York City and nobody looks at you cockeyed. You say you're a painter and they, they have seen enough painters maybe they've seen them successful so that they respect them a little more. But Chicago, you just tell, you know, you tell your uncle or your folks or something that you're a painter and artist, they, they have no respect for it. In Chicago, you know, I still feel guilty if I don't wake up at 9 every morning, 8.30 every morning and carry a lunch bucket. I do, I feel guilty about it. In order to be really legitimate, you gotta have your lunch wrapped for you and go to work. I feel guilty and I feel very lucky too. I feel I'm, I'm I'm sneaking something over on somebody because I can sleep late. The fact that I'm, I'm working until four in the morning or five doesn't have anything to do with it. I, if you don't go to work, you're a bum in this town, and that's all there is to it. There is this great, I mean, everybody By work, has, you mean uh, the time clock being Yeah, pushed. I mean, go out of the, you know, either go out of the factory yeah. or go out of the store or go out of the shop. Yeah. You go to work, and, and then you're okay. That's another a good point, boy. perhaps, that could be touched upon, uh, Shelley, about Chicago. You know, an art gallery only the other day was saying how difficult it was because the entrance to the shop is not on Michigan, but off on the side, Oak, it's that extra step or that extra two steps that strangely enough hurts a great deal of uh, the patronage. Or when it's, a, say, a very rainy night sometimes, or mm -hmm. it's a stormy night, the theater might be half empty, even though what is good, this question of creature comfort, again, I understand in, in, if I follow New York right in this respect, the gallery could be four stories up. There's a, a, maybe I'm romanticizing, but it's Yeah, just, you are this romanticizing. Is, it isn't, it that, is, it isn't, it isn't that way. Yeah. And they will come out in the rain, but only because they had to buy their tickets well in advance and they don't want to blow their ticket money. Uh, but you'll find your smaller theaters, your off-Broadway theaters will suffer. Uh, your general theater will yeah. suffer where there isn't, you know, advanced sales. So the same find principle all, applies yeah, there. Yeah, except New York and uh, countries in Europe, there are more, there's more than one element. You have your great bourgeois element that, you know, uh, New York's no different than this, and Paris is no different than this. Most people don't really give a damn about art or care about it or want to patronize There's it. There's the Boulevard anything. Theater in Paris called the Expense Account Theater in New York, and London has its own West End yeah, corn. Yeah. There's no doubt of this. Yeah. But, uh, but the, you're talking there's more variety. Yeah, well, there, there are yeah. different elements. There will also be your people that will patronize theater, people that will buy books, people that mm -hmm. will come to concerts and so forth. And they won't just come to concerts for somebody that they've seen on TV. Now, in Chicago, the best thing you can do for show business is to have been on the uh, on this Tonight Show or the uh, Ed Sullivan Show. That's a big thing. Because everybody, because the one thing people know and respect around here is TV. They're glued to that set. Well, I think this is, I'm, I'm just guessing this would be so yeah. elsewhere, too. Sure, I mean, for a lot of yes, people. Yes. But there is also another element. Variety, and we yes. don't have that second element. Ah, here, or the, the second element is so small in proportion. That's the point. Yeah. Maybe that's and, the point. Uh, and they will come out. They will come out, and this, you know, the, the thinking, interested people who are willing to gamble with a few bucks on a show, not just mm. wait until they've got to think right. it's a real lock, you know, that they know is an absolute hit. They're willing to come out, but there aren't enough of them to support theater or to support publishing here in Chicago. So as a result, you've got a guy who's really good, who's, as we've talked about before, has been, has developed in, in his own scene without all this influence, and now he's ready to really swing. Uh, now where? Where does he blow music? Where, where, does he, where does he show his paintings? Where does he uh, publish his books? Where does he publish his songs? Where does he perform? Not here. 
because no opening. So what does he do? He sits around and, and, and hopes, and then he gets real mad at Chicago, like I did. And then finally, you don't get mad anymore. You say, okay, if it's not here, I'm not going to become a butcher See, just because there's no audience. So you go to New York, uh, and that's the, where you sell your I stuff. I think the tragedy is that once Chicago, say in contrast to a city like Los Angeles, once had a tradition. You see, Chicago did have a great literary tradition I once. I know, I, I read about so it. So <laughs> something must have happened, and this is the point. Well, you Some, probably, you were, you were there for it. No, it's before the my time. I'm talking well, now about the time Mencken is talking about. Not, I'm not talking about talking about. But even then, but the point is something must, you're talking now about the WPA days, too. Yeah, I'm probably I'm even before that, uh, this great Palatinate that Mencken talked, something happened, and this is the mystery, something happened to Chicago in one way or another that caused lose a certain vitality it had artistically as well as, mm -hmm. as a city. It's still got and a lot of vitality yeah, now in other yeah, respects. In another I mean, respect. You know, but something happened and it's no observer yet, sociologist, has found out what it is that happened that caused this loss. And this is what you're touching upon, Well, show. it seems that people are trying to bring it back, aren't they? I mean, the, you know, everybody doesn't leave. There are still the, sec the guys at Second City, uh, you know, they well, they do leave. <laughs> they do. They but nonetheless, leave. They there is York. Second but City with its own form city, of satire that is Chicago originated. Right. This part. And uh, there are painters here, like uh, Leroy Neiman, still has shows here. Yes. He has shows in Chicago. I don't think it's financially to his advantage, but when his stuff uh, sells like crazy in New York and Paris and yes. London, he still well, there feels are, for there Chicago. There still are a number of, back of Chicago. painters, artists right. here who are here. Right. You stay in Chicago, which is always never ceased to amaze me. You know. You stay here. I talk over the radio. I'm on a station. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's I, not, that's not why you're that staying I'm here. Free. Yeah, well, maybe that is uh, why. Relatively. But, but you, must, yeah. you must have some feeling for this town that, that even goes beyond, uh, you know, must go much beyond what I feel for it. But, but you stay here, and people stay. And I see things happening in Old Town now that are pretty interesting. I mean... Uh, both, both ways. Uh, interesting, yeah, well, interesting at the same anyway, time. But interesting always. Interesting, you, know, I don't you mean like also in, in the other way, yeah. yes. Well, the, you know, uh, at least, you know, folk music, places for music to be heard, uh, places that aren't strictly, you know, uh, commercial in a bourgeois sense, but also some terrible corn yes. going on in yeah. Old Town that is, I don't, I don't know what they're trying to do there in a way there. They're creating a, a, a world of complete nostalgia down there that never really existed. They're combining some jivey world that they're trying to tell you that life was like this in 1900 or maybe uh, 1870 goop or something. But there was never a year where this stuff existed. They're combining uh, Tiffany glass with penny candy, with uh, antique suits of armor. I mean, all combined, you know, uh, with uh, Bobby Dylan records. As if, as, you know, it's a whole strange milieu that... You know, I don't think this ever existed. There's a thing like that in New York, too. There's a, they opened this place called O. Henry's, which is a steakhouse, and creating this ridiculous nostalgia thing. They, they bought an old butcher shop, and they, uh, it was an old butcher shop, and they decided to leave the coils in, you know. So they created this, so in other words, you eat, and they got big butcher's blocks for tables. And they had all the waiters wear white aprons and straw hats to be like butchers. And they got Tiffany lamps, and they serve the steak there, and uh, as if it's a great fun to eat in a butcher shop. Now, the butcher shop's the last place you'd want to eat, but the, the nostalgia with the Tiffany lamps and the straw hats make you believe that in 1900, everybody used to eat supper in butcher yeah. shops, you know? Now, and so now you're starting to believe that, you know, maybe in some year, every life was like yeah. it is in Old Town. Oh, so the Old Town combines the damn, uh, they got a place open up like a Western bar there. Yeah. That's gonna be part of the Old West. 
Old West with Tiffany lamps, with Penny Candy, with Nickelodeons, with jazz music and folk music, and this world never existed. So it's, it's the world here, then the quaintness, the coyness, the It's a the real precious, itsy-bitsy right. little gay sort of a scene that just turns me right off, you know, it just... I mean, I don't, I'm not that knocked out over licorice no. and little wax lips that you can chew up. You know, everybody is so flipped out over their childhood.